0: You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Hey friends, Dan Duvall here to remind you that dandevall.com is the home of the Discovering Truth of Dan Duvall podcast, where you can become a podcast patron for as little as $5 a month and help us keep this podcast going. You can also check out overcomeraccelerated.com. We will be starting a new quarter in January. We are running a program that will train survivors to be more equipped in their healing journey and also in the company of a cohort of other people that understand and are taking the same road. We are very excited about this new outreach, and you can check it out again at overcomeraccelerated.com. Uh, For those of you that follow the ministry at BrideMovement.com, we do have the Bride Tribe Advance coming up. It is sold out. But you can get a ticket to stream online or purchase a day pass, which means you'll be able to attend the conference in person, but you'll have to find a hotel somewhere else. Uh, And and, and that is found on the conference page at BrideMovement.com we got a great podcast for you today. We'll see you on the other side. Those were your announcements. Well, friends, we're back on Discovering Truth. And I have my buddy Rivka here for round two. She was on the podcast right after we just relaunched. And we were talking about uh, time, time uh, uh, regression, age regression, and and her experience with that, with the Draco, with uh, secret space program things, and, and and she's joining me again because she's not done sharing. She has, she actually has a lot more to say, and and today we're gonna be journeying with her to some more foundational aspects of of her abuse. Now she is in addition to being program by Government Projects, uh, the recipient of satanic ritual abuse in the church, no less. Rivka, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Well, Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me back.
0: Absolutely. You know, so today we are here because you have some things that really it needs to be said, things that need to be heard. Here's what I know for a fact. What I know for a fact is that the enemy loves to target the venues that we're told should be safe places for abuse so he makes sure that people are abused by police um in psych wards in hospitals in universities and churches churches and he uses different kinds of churches he certainly uses the catholic church he uses christian churches pentecostal churches mormon churches but But you have your own experience and you're here to tell us about it. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Rivka, what happened?
1: Well, I was raised in a mainstream denomination, um, the church of Nazarene as a pastor's kid. And a, there were things that didn't quite make sense. I knew something was going on. Um, But to everyone that looked at things, they thought we had the perfect family. And I would hear over and over, oh, we just love your parents. Oh, they're so wonderful. And inside I wanted to scream, but you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And that was just the dysfunction. That was before I even knew about the SRA component of it. And um, so there are a lot of things that that the church denomination has set up in place. And it seems to be systemic through the denomination, not just the local church. And in addition, I was in two, three different districts in three different states. And that that was One, two, three, four, five, and and about five different churches. Wow. So we did move quite a bit. So there was a lot going on in that area. It did take me a while to realize what was going on, but I can, with things that I know, give you a timeline of what was happening. And these aren't recovered memories. Um, These are things that happened. So I can go into detail on that. What some of those things were, how it's systemic in the denomination, um, going back to the founder, um, and various different things of... um, Now, I I don't know exactly on some of it, but just based on probability and just kind of filling in the dots, you know, so I, I don't want to say anything negative, but at the same time, there's just too much when you start dealing with probability. But, um, you know, and so I can just talk about how systemic it was and how I know um, different types of programming that happened and stuff like that.
0: Wow, 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 wow. Well, here's the thing. I mean, based on our first interview and in what you were able to share there, it, whatever was going on, somehow your parents who found a way into the pastoral office and the church were also implicated somehow in getting you into the hands of these government programs Mm -hmm. and so we'll talk about a trail of tears but okay let's focus on the SRA side how did they do it and keep it quiet
1: yes um it okay I was also born into a third generation Nazarene family Mm -hmm. okay so let's just start with the founder since okay. we're going back in that. So it, it, the, the denomination is a holiness denomination. And as far as everything with the, the, you know, their, their doctrine, it's pretty sound. Like you would not know from the doctrine what's happening. Um, you just I wouldn't didn't. know. I
0: yeah. had no idea. You told yeah. me, I was like, what?
1: <laughs> right. Because it's, you know it's from the Wesleyan Armenian tradition it's it's a holiness denomination um, founded with um, a lot of stuff with john wesley and holiness, so I mean the doctrine is pretty sound I mean they don't believe in speaking in tongues and stuff which I don't agree with now, but you know, um, but other than that it's really sound. Um, and now i'm, I'm just going to kind of go in order I didn't learn this until a few years ago when I was dealing with SRA, but um. Somebody had gone to um, well, one of the Azusa Street Revival, is it? It was Seymour, I think. He was one of it. I think they went to his grave where he was interned and at the same time saw Phineas Ephrasee's family grave plot. And Phineas Ephrasee is the founder of the Church of the Nazarene, and that started in Pilot Point, Texas in 1908. And um, so, and the first Church of the Nazarene is in Los Angeles. And I've also been a member of that church. Um, anyway, that's fast forwarding a lot of time. But um, the First Church of Nazarene started in Los Angeles. Actually, um, Seymour was brought to the Church of Nazarene in Los Angeles to preach, and they shut him out. And then he went to and started, it was the Azusa Street Revival. So they were way against um, speaking in tongues, even though it was called the Pentecostal Church of Nazarene and, and the Holiness Church of Nazarene. But they did not believe in speaking in tongues from the beginning, so anyone who says the Nazarene church believed in it, then they don't know their history as far the inside people, we know that was never the case, and there is a huge there they abhorrently against speaking in tongues. Um, And so. um, So from the history from the beginning, they were against that, so this was the denomination that kicked him out. um. And, but apparently at the grave plot, and I have pulled up the the plot and I can't see it, but on his, they said brother, but I think it's a son. um, There is a round circle that you can kind of see from the grave plot, but it's not close enough. But the person that was there said that was a Masonic symbol. Mm. So Phineas Ephrazi's son has allegedly that, I need to have that proved, but um, he was the first general superintendent of the de- of the denomination but the first other the next one was hiram reynolds he got a reynolds in there so if you and
0: and 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 the significance of that listeners is that um reynolds happens to be one of the surnames used by what you would call Illuminati bloodlines. That, that's the significance of the Reynolds' last. Now, not every Reynolds I've met is clearly connected to the Illuminati, but some are. So please continue.
1: Okay. And I just want to say here, when you're dealing with certain things like this, and I was learning this about with SRA, there's a difference between possibility and hmm. probability. I mean, anything's possible and anything's not possible, but then you have to deal with probability. And when you start putting these things together, there is a probability when you have the first general superintendent of a denomination that's a Reynolds, what's the probability that that person is a bloodline Illuminati actively doing stuff, especially when you start looking at how things are set up in the, in the church. Um, So there's that. In the 80s, I was told by the mom, the surrogate mom, or the mom that raised me, that Debbie Reynolds, who is a famous actress, and Carrie Fisher, who is her daughter, were related to the general superintendent of um, of the denomination. And at one point a few years ago i looked up on wikipedia and somehow there there was a connection i can't find it now but debbie reynolds is a daughter of somebody who was in the nazarene church but the mom but now it just says the mom before it was the mother and dad Hmm. i mean something changed in wikipedia and i don't have the proof okay but but and i i can't even prove that They are related to this person, but it was common knowledge, at least among the pastors and their wives, that she was related to the general superintendent. And so if you know anything about the Illuminati, anything about how you get to be famous or whatever, plus she was also, um, so here she's in the Nazarene denomination, Debbie Reynolds, and she's also um, Job's daughters, part of Job's daughters. And all right, so I can't prove that, but that's just an interesting point. But she was, and even on Wikipedia, though, it does say that she was in a Nazarene family. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. So. All right. Now, going now, some of this I didn't know until I was doing the healing process, but it also connected with, with, with things. Um, now. At the time, they're not doing this now, but in the mid 70s, and I don't know when it started, but in the mid 70s, probably until the late 90s or early 2000s, there was what was called the Pastors and Wives Retreat. And it's called, um, yeah, Pastors and Wives, now it's Pastors and Spouses because they do believe in ordaining women. Um, But it was an annual retreat, And at the district that I was at, it was at the beginning of October, in the two districts in um, the two states I was in, and that would have been two months after I was born. Um, But they had, they required pastors and their wives to go, and they had to leave their children with either a family or someone in the church. And we didn't live close to family, which probably wouldn't have mattered, um um, but left with people in the church and um so during a session I'm just going to throw this in but during a, a, a healing session I found out that um I had um it two months of age uh I had uh parasites come into the body and they were the ones that came in through feces and the person was like how did you get that and I was like oh satanic ritual use. because unless you're living in squalor like how is a baby going to get those kind of parasites because it came in as an ingestant goodness so how is a two two-month-old going to get that now i was told and i didn't understand this till i put this together a little bit but um there was I, I would throw up every sunday morning right before going to church when mom was getting ready to walk out the door to church i'd throw up on her okay, now when you start putting all that together, why would I probably be throwing up on her? Because the people at the church had abused me. And um, what I didn't know until I was about 14 or 15, we had people that were coming to visit us when we lived in Southern California from the place where I was born. And I found out at the age of like 14 or 15, maybe I was 16. This is the first time I heard that if anything happened to the parents, I was going to, they were basically my godparents. I had never heard of these people until I was like 14 or 15 or 16. And when they came, they were creepy. And I was like, they did something to me. And when I go through the prayers and stuff, then it was, um, then I started realizing that there was a lot going on there and they had stuff I haven't fully, done in that but i've definitely put them through the human persecutors for but um
0: so what you're telling us is that there is in your opinion and experience something systemically wrong with the organization that your parents were 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 part of religiously and that they exposed you to these folks that became your godparents at a very young age and they yep. did stuff to you yep. that you didn't realize was even done to you until much later when you're seeing them again um now as a as a teenager yep and you're also telling us that the way they set up these pastors and spouses retreats it was a setup for abuse to occur to the children of the pastors and spouses while they're at these events mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yes, because so, these are. Go ahead. Because they were people in the church, uh-huh. um, at three different locations, there are people in the church that did the rituals on me while they were gone at that.
0: My gosh. What kind of rituals were they doing?
1: Um. Okay. The one that I, well, the first one that I was aware of without knowing something happened, I was two. Mm -hmm. Okay. So two is another major, major programming ritual. Um, When I was two years old, this is the story. um, They went to the pastors and wives retreat for a few months, for three, it was three days. And it was usually Tuesday through Thursday they put me with a family. And I, the brother would have been there too, probably. And the story goes that when they came to pick me up, the um, I had a doll that had hair that was um, it, it, it was in this, like, like, implants, I don't know what you'd call it, but it was it was in. And what happened was on this top of the doll they the hair was pulled out by the roots and left it just a little bit in there, and so the mom was very angry and upset with me. Or with them for that because apparently the four or six year old daughter had pulled the hair out and even at, at, at a young age, I was thinking that's not what happened like. A, a child isn't going to do that, and it was too uniform around mm-hmm. and it was um. When i was about 23 or 24 mm-hmm. i i had graduated from college i had gone to work but i was back living at, at home with the family and it was just it was i, I addressed the situation because i could literally walk in the room and say how, how are you doing and they would not talk to me they would just completely ignore me and so i was talking with the dad and i was saying you know hey you can you say hi, you know, it's just common courtesy to say hi back. And he said, I don't want to talk to you. And I don't have time to talk to you. And I don't care how you're doing. Like he literally just flat out this is a pastor saying this to his 23 or 24, 23 year old daughter, I don't care how you're doing. And I somehow we came up to I said something about, and this gets into the programming, and I didn't know this until a few years ago. But I said to him, I said, and there's something about when I was ten or eleven, how how the mom would, I would go to give her a hug or kiss, and she would not even hug or kiss me back. She'd literally turn her cheek to me and she wasn't sick. You know, I mean that's kind of when you're sick, and you just kiss my cheek, kind of a thing. But and he and I said, Well, how was I supposed to respond to that? He said, You weren't supposed to respond to that. And now that I know, that has to do a lot with the programming. Mothers are not, for the satanic ritual abuse, the mothers are not to give the chosen child any affection. So this conversation went a step further, and he threw in my face. He said, when you were two years old, and we took you to the so-and-so's house for three days, we picked you up, and you snubbed us for the next two weeks. Okay, first of all, who's the adult here, right? <laughs> like I was two. he's an adult. Get over it that he was still holding that against me, but that was information that I needed to know that that was a an abusive situation. They used that doll to traumatize me and to like they they connected me to that doll, but they also um. They also, I mean, it was, a, they, they, they were scared me and stuff because of that doll. But that was telling me that something happened. And that was, um, when the Lord told me to do the healing eight years ago, I knew the first thing to do was I needed to destroy that doll. And wow. when I did, I thought, oh, I'm going to have a little reprieve, you know, all this. No, maybe 30 minutes, and then it was, how dare you? You did what? I mean, because I destroyed any, there was a connection to it, but I destroyed any evidence of proof, even that could connect it. But I mean, it was, um, but I had, I had clues. But then when I went back to pray through it, um, there was stuff. And then I was reminded several years after, this was when I was starting to put the SRA pieces together. I said something about that family, and the father says, "And you remember that their ch- daughter, that had pulled the hair out of the doll, had lost her leg in childbirth." Okay, Dan, how many children in the '70s were losing their limbs to childbirth? Like to me, I'm just thinking, what sort of ritual went happened that she lost her leg in childbirth? I mean, there's just too many things, like. Like maybe it was natural, but I don't know. It just seems fishy.
0: So, so okay, kind of just so, putting this all together, you, you know, it, 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 there's, um, there's a ritual that's being done or several over a period of two days when you're two that involves a doll. Mm-hmm. And you had that doll in your possession throughout your life as a reminder of those rituals that mm-hmm. were being done. And whatever happened when your parents picked you up after this period of time, you were not connecting to them. And frankly, throughout your life, they didn't really connect to you. There was a a complete omission of of comfort and, and care from the mom. And you got a clue when you were like 23 as 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 to what's happening. But I mean, do you have any other specific memory recall of that, what they did with that doll? Or this is pretty much as far as you've gotten on pulling as, that together?
1: Yeah, as far as I've gotten a holding it, because what I did was, when I did go through the prayers, mm-hmm. I would going through praying and forgiving the people. And I mean, we're talking massive ab reactions, yes. all sorts of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I do remember two programming times. It wasn't church, but it was family. Okay. Would you like to hear about those?
0: Sure, tell us.
1: I didn't understand until later, but these were memories that I had. Um, I had so this was before I was so I was about two. I was sitting. The mom was changing the brother's diaper, and I was sitting on the coffee table watching it. So I he was probably I don't think he was crawling yet which means that I might not even have been two. And so I was looking and while I was, I was facing the window because the couch was in front of a window. And then there was a man who came or something, it looked like a gorilla to me, came and was pounding on the window really hard and yelling. And he was all hairy. And, he, and, and the mom does not change her composure. She does not look up. I see what she's doing. She doesn't change anything. That scared me because she was dis- So I ran to my bedroom, crawled under the bed, and I stayed there for what seemed like for hours, and she never came to get me. And when I came out, now I know I felt different coming out, but I dissociated. And so I felt different because I felt something, and I felt this abandonment thing. I didn't know what that was until years later. Another thing that I didn't understand um, I well, and as, a, as I I was trained in child development, so I know that one of the things that children do at that age, they look to the caregiver to see if they are going to protect them. They look at their responses, and that's what I did. And she did not even she didn't even flinch. She didn't even look at the window. And I was like, how does she not look at the window? Um, and then a little bit around that time, we had a bird. And every night it would get covered up with a a towel. And I usually woke up after the parents did or whatever. And so usually a birdcage was uncovered. This particular day, I came out. She's sitting on the coffee table, kind of facing the birdcage, but sitting down like this. And so I sit next to her to kind of comfort her, like, what's happening? And then I see that the birdcage is covered. So I'm excited. And I said out loud, I'm going to uncover the birdcage. I uncovered it, and the bird was dead. I went and sat down next to her. She did not comfort me. She did not put her arm around me. She completely ignored me. And I always wondered, why did she not stop me? Damn, both of those are trauma-based programming. That was mind control. They were programming me. And I remembered those as programs, Mm. like the, the, the trauma. I remembered that that was them programming me. That I didn't know until I was starting to deal with the SRA and putting this together, I was like, and um, because it, it doesn't make sense that a mom would not come after me, because I taught kids, I would never have let them, I would have gone looking for them, I would have come, I would have been like, and I asked her later, I said, and years later, she knew about that situation with the, I said, it looked like a grill, she goes, oh, it was just somebody who was drunk. And then when you and I had a session together, we were going through this, and one of the parts called that the ogre man, but that was the dad. And so um, so they, they, were, they were programming me, and that was at the age of two.
0: Goodness. So um, clearly there was a lot more mm-hmm. that happened through mm-hmm. the years right um mm-hmm. i assume that yeah and, you know and, and every person that is on a healing journey is at a different place where we you know may have more or less of the physical memories more or less of the astral and spiritual memories which um is another thing that is, needs to be understood like that people that are going through programming and will have memories from different realms and all are valid uh you you were mentioning to me before we got into this that you started to connect a lot of dots once you got to college because you went to um was it was it the the seminary for this denomination?
1: Uh it was one of the regional
0: universities. Okay. Well, and yeah. and what 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 happened when you were there that caused you to connect more dots?
1: I didn't realize until later when mm-hmm. I started knowing about the SRA.
0: Yeah
1: because when I started learning about it, there were just so many people that I went to college with who were PKs from this denomination Mm -hmm. or, um, children who were raised in the denomination. And now that I know what to look for, I look back because of the, the trauma, the addictions, the, um, the, just the stuff among the people who'd been there, um, I mean, how do you have people who are coming through churches and they're dealing with, um, you know, PKs or even people who were in a family? I mean, we're talking people who have DID, people who have sexual addictions, you know, people. I'm like, you don't just go to church and and be part of these families. But see, they were also the families who were involved, the, you know, the, the um, there were probably some of them were families who were doing the abuse and stuff, um, and you know I just look back and I go, well, that makes sense. So that's how I know it was systemic. That um, it wasn't just the places that I was at, and um, and then there's another one at the age of six. If you want to hear that one,
0: let's talk about it.
1: Okay, so I know that it was about the age of six. Because of the nightgown that I had and the bedroom that I was living in, or that I was in at that time, at that home, um, I was at this people's house, and probably I think the other two siblings were there as well. The third one would have been born at that time. We were at somebody's house from the church, and the home felt so evil to me. Hmm. and it was awful. So um, one night, I was sleeping, and I woke up. And the woman was standing in the doorway staring at me. And then she says, Are you cold? And I said, Yes. And then she says something like, Well, this is an old farmhouse. So it's just cold, like deal with it kind of a thing. And she's like, Would you like to get a blanket? Would you like another blanket? I said, yes, she goes, Well, come with me. And I'm thinking, Why do I have to get out of my bed to get a blanket just to come back here? So I get up and then she has me go to the bathroom and have me drink something some water and then I kind of remember seeing their bedroom then the next thing I remember is I'm walking back to the bedroom where I'm sleeping she has the blanket and I'm walking and I cannot walk straight I am ricocheting off one wall to the bookshelf to the wall several times and I told her I said I keep running and I keep bumping the wall I can't walk straight She doesn't look at me. She says with a really horrible, cold sounding voice, she goes, that's because you're cold. And she puts me in bed. And that's all I remember. Until I started doing. And now this was on one of those three day things. This was during this was people in the church. This was during the, um, the, the pastors and wives retreat. And, um. When I was doing and reading, I think I was reading Rich Breenmeyer's book, well, some of the stuff I was doing, but I think it was that one or something I was reading. They program you majorly at two, and that's where you become a Christian. Because when I want to say when I became a Christian would be two. I always know it was two. I don't know how I know, but it was two. And then another one is at the age of six, and they drug you. Hmm. So I started going through and praying. Did they drug me? Did he rate me? You know, like all these things. Massive ab reactions to that. And in my, when I started putting the pieces together about the SRA, I asked the dad just a couple of questions, not too many, but I had asked about something about that family at the age of two with the doll. And that's when he said about the leg on the little girl. But I think in that conversation, I said, do you remember the so-and-so's? He said, yes. And I said, something felt really evil there. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, their son had lots of problems. Like he was, like something like he was demonized or something. And I'm like, so he knew something was up with that family. And he still left me there. Good. Um, and again, about the whole denomination thing, um, I was conceived. Mm-hmm. implanted in Colorado Springs. That's where one of their um, theological, that's where their theological seminary is. Well, Colorado Springs, <laughs> and NORAD, you know, so, and just, and it's a huge place for mind control and programming. And um, do you want to go with a certain well known Christian psychologist and how that person is programming people.
0: Do you want me to go there? I mean, this is your story. Like I'm just <laughs> an interviewer. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm listening like everybody else. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to put a gag in your mouth here. You know, okay. if you want to go there, you, know, okay. you, you tell your story.
1: <laughs> well, i was when i started learning about the programming Mm -hmm. and different things and how they program and how they trauma bond and and now i'm not saying that spanking is bad i'm not saying that that's that's not what i'm saying here but when i started learning how people will i love you and then hurt you and then love you again and i started learning about the programming and how they program and trauma bond people I had this I this and it took me until a little while ago, but someone's naming names and they have receipts about this person and so um, about doing stuff well. But I made this connection about eight years ago Mm -hmm. okay the person. was in Colorado Springs ministry it's James Dobson James Dobson and the strong willed child and his dare to discipline book he basically taught a whole bunch of christians how to keep the mind control and the programming for strong-willed children how many strong-willed children are actually satanically ritually abused children in the churches and he used all of that stuff to basically train people how to keep their kids programmed
0: What? And wow.
1: he is a Nazarene. He's from the Nazarene denomination. It's systemic. Well, we didn't. Uh,
0: we didn't discuss this before we got on this podcast. So I'm. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, oh my, because I remember. I mean, I remember listening to him on the radio when I was Like he had his own radio pro. It was syndicated across the country. It's very respected.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, if you think about it from terms of 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 um of of it being systemic in the church and seeing how he was doing that, it's a whole different idea at that point of of the programming.
0: Here's the thing, though. I mean, if there's one thing I'm I'm, I'm well aware of, but at this point, there are a lot of survivors, people that have been through SRA, and and they're all over the country. And one of the biggest reinforcement mechanisms is is related to black, white, good, bad, the, 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 the dichotomy that sits in the system where where you tell a person, if you're bad, you're gonna go to hell, God hates you, you can't be this kind of a person because then the consequences are extreme. And then you make that same child go through rituals and evil and dark things and do all this stuff. And then the child has to be torn between am I the good little Christian kid or am I this child that's been abused and hurt and forced to abuse and hurt others going to hell for sure because of what I believe the only way to do that is to split and to put a firm wall that is so thick and so well reinforced that that it. Is it it is shattering to try to cross it, which is exactly what the programmers want. It's this uh, I mean, we, we we would call it religious programming, but it it allows for them to use religion as a tool of reinforcement for the programming. And 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 while I know it happens across denominations, this is the first time I'm talking to someone that's gotten a firsthand view from you know the church that you were part of. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes.
1: Yeah. And and when it's in the church, the Mm. way that they twist scripture. My gosh. Like for example, they take the don't gossip rule and they turn it to the no talk rule. Well, they kind of seem to forget that in some of Paul's writings, he is sitting there talking, so and so defrauded me or whatever, have nothing to do with them. So Paul even isn't protecting the abuser but there's this whole thing about protecting the abuser um, and they do it in churches and the whole thing about not getting divorced because and actually the word in the Bible when God says don't divorce I hate divorce it's actually the word I hate putting away yes because there's three things for the divorce there's the certificate of divorce there's putting somebody out and there's giving it to them and sending them out there are three things and what was happening was the priests were put, sending their wives out. They weren't giving them the certificate of divorce. So what was happening was, if they needed to go somewhere, then it was adultery because they didn't have the certificate of divorce. And so, um, so anyway, they're twisting scripture. They're making it also the whole thing about children obey your parents, um, honor your parents. Basically, they're saying stay in an abusive relationship now. When you're an adult, it's dishonoring to your parents to let them to continue abusing you. Mm. You're actually dishonoring them if you're letting them abuse you. Like mm. there's no, how do you honor your parents if you're letting if you're letting them treat you badly? Um, but there's just such twisting of scripture. Like we keep things in house. I actually heard this at a church a little while ago, a huge church, and they were talking about um, and their whole their 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 packet of like their what do you call it membership thing, but it was it was also by a church that is a it's it's being exposed for the pastor being a pedophile and so in it they're saying things like. Um, you have to protect the integrity of the local church, you have to protect the pastors when you start hearing that. And it's not about Jesus Christ. You have to protect the, you know, so you don't talk. We do things in-house. Don't take people to to jail, or I don't mean not to jail, but they're like, don't take people to court. Well, it's one thing if somebody, if it's a financial thing, but what does that have to do with when someone says we take care of things in-house? Well, How are you gonna take care of pedophilia? How are you gonna take care of this stuff? You take care of it in-house? that means they're covering it up. It's no different than what we hear in the Catholic Church on what they're doing. So I'm even hearing this in a mainline denomination, or it's not a denomination, but a church that's very well known, that I went to and I, you know, I'm not going to go back, but those kind of things when you see. Um, and there's also an interesting thing. Um, when people are doing spiritual warfare, a lot of people are handlers. And that's what i found that a lot of the pastors they were involved in but they were handlers um and and the programming and the religious thing and the the words that they say i'm and the fact of the matter is i had so many um men or males real men wouldn't do this but males like in the church um, just really abusive relationships, um, or they would be abusing their wives, or I even had married men in church hitting on me, standing in front of their wife. And, and they were being protected. Um, and it just got to the point that church is not a safe place for me. And especially too, because when it comes to being an unmarried woman in church, There's the whole thing about, gotta be careful, you know, be careful of those, you know, Jezebel seductress women, you know, to the point that what happens, the good men don't talk to me. And the ones that are bad, we mean not bad, but, you know, doing this stuff or abusive or whatever, they're the ones that come talk to me. There's no protection in the church because the good. A lot of the wives are thinking that I'm going after. Them. I'm not, I don't want your husband. He's your husband. I just want to talk to a man at some point, you know, like, you know, or I just want to be able to interact with a married couple. Um, well, but and, and what
0: you're, what you're describing is, okay. It, you know, it, it's so interesting. So God had me an e church in 2016, which was. An epic fail of the gates. But then we fixed it, used a different system, and it started to grow and and become more successful. And and then uh, last year, he had us plant locally. And I realized, wow, this is not for the faint of heart. This is a tough job. But one of the interesting things that I've run into over the years is having to rethink a whole lot, because a lot of what people would call cultural wisdom for church governance is actually defiled. It's actually based on um, defiled sources, people twisting things or, or using scripture. Yeah. From an outsider's perspective, it would make leadership a little easier if that's the way it worked. But sometimes we have to rethink things and be like, wait, where's the heart of God when you take it and you put it in this vein? And how does that actually affect people? Like when we back out and look at the big picture, like, well, God hates divorce. So we're just going to help everybody stay married. It's like, okay, well that's great leadership. If you believe that everyone has a decent marriage, but when you realize that a lot of people are married to their handlers and they're coming to the church because they're program survivors and they're being programmed by that type of leadership message, you have to rethink your wisdom and say, wait a minute, what was I trained to do and why? And where does this? Where's the teaching even coming from in the Bible? So many things you have to reconsider. There's a lot of folks that are very triggered, though, people that are waking up from their SRA by any kind of leadership or government. And it's, it it's really tough to wade through the waters because it's a mess. People have been catastrophically injured. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you're putting language to it from experience. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of SRA going on in this denomination that you were part of, and uh, you didn't really start dealing with the SRA until about eight years ago. And that's when a lot more dots began to be connected on some of these memories that you have that are pretty clear. Now, I want to get into dreams mm-hmm. because dreams play a huge role in in your journey, Um and, and, and in many survivor journeys, truly, uh, dreams can be very important. Dreams can reveal a lot of things. And in my experience, they reveal what's going on in the inner world. They reveal what's going on out of body. Sometimes they, they also reveal memories. Well, what was your experience like?
1: Well, I have been a prolific dreamer as long as I can remember. And... Um, some very significant ones. And um, I would even pray, and then I would have an answer in the dream. I thought it was God. Now I know it's the programming. Um, and so it, one of the things, and very prophetic, but I also learned a lot of it was the programming. And then I also learned that the CIA knows everyone who's prophetic or psychic, mm. and they've mapped everybody. So which means that then I didn't trust anything, as far as my dreams, or anything that came from God. And how did I know that it was God? And anyone who wants to give a prophetic word, I'm like, how do you're not dealing with programming and and voice of school. So there was just a huge, you know, anyway, some of that. But with the dreams, I was very interested in them, very interested in um, in dream interpretation. And uh, when I started doing, I started Dream interpretation and um, doing some of the Christian stuff and, but when I learned about the SRA and I learned that there are different types of dreams, dreams that are programming dreams, SRA, DID dreams, then I became very concerned about even Christian interpretation, because if you don't know some of this stuff, you could be reinforcing the programming. And how many of these Christian people who are doing dream interpretations understand spiritual warfare, but they don't even touch on this, which makes me very highly suspect on it. And, um, and, and some of the reason that I would really like to talk about this is so that people can understand. Because, for example, if you have a dream of seeing your childhood home and the house is green and there's the number eight on it and you were raised in an abusive home and it was very difficult for you okay and so you see that and all it is it's just a green home a number eight and it's your childhood home and you walk in and the family is loving what the average dream interpreter would probably say is the color green is new beginnings eight it's new beginnings Um, It's new life and your family loves you and there's going to be a season in your life where you're going to be able to go home and it's going to be good. Okay, what if that person is a survivor of satanic ritual abuse and the color green in one of the programmings is the return to home and to the return to the cult color. The eight is a Mm. symbol of infinity and Mm. it's the abuse of the love bombing and the abuse cycle we're going to be nice to you. So if you don't know, I mean, you have two completely different interpretations. So if you tell somebody, oh, it's, there's a new season coming your, from your family, and you, it's, you can go back, and it's going to be fine. And what if that's the return to cult programming, return to home, and they're going right back into an abusive situation, and if they've left and they go back, it's going to be worse for them. So that's why I wanted to talk about dreams, because it's so important to make sure that you understand that, not you, but you know, our listeners, the different types of dreams there are.
0: It's, it's so, so good to say this, right? And, and here's the thing. I have to say this. I have to say this. I have watched over the years, people get jerked around and puppeted by the devil. Because as an SRA, they have leaned into the prophetic and everything is trading through ignorance and a defiled signal, like literally their gauge, their discernment is is broken And, and they're surrounded by people who are also carrying Broken signals or themselves, SRA, and, and you have a lot of interpretation of dreams and things. I mean, I mean, look, I, I say, I tell people this: the only difference between Bride Ministries and like other churches is that we know who our survivors are. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like because. People that have been through SRA and 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 are being manipulated and puppeted in all kinds of ways are everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's a massive move of heaven to wake people up in this hour. It is one of the reasons why we're calling it the Great Awakening. It's like the SRAs are waking up, and it's breaking that veil of total secrecy. And 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 it, you know, it's kind of like a slow drip, but it's going to increase into a mighty river. Mm-hmm. And um, so we need to have this conversation because a lot of people. They get deceived. They make bad decisions based on dreams that are being wrongly interpreted because there's an ignorance around backstory. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Continue, please.
1: And part of, part of this too is there were times that I was interpreting things the wrong way mm. because I didn't know. And the thing is, one of the other lies of the church is that the enemy can't read your mind. And, and now there's a difference between God saying, I know your thoughts. I mean, like he knows this, well, I'm, I've got a Bible right here, but he knows what's in a book without reading it because he's God. Well, the enemy has to read it because he's not God. He does not know what's in here, but that's the same with our thoughts. Our thoughts are things. I mean, they're made of chemicals and impulses and, you know, like, I mean, uh, an electrical stuff, I, like it is a substance So they can't read it, but there's nowhere in scripture that says, it just says that God knows our thoughts from afar. That does not mean that the devil can't read them or demons can read it because they'd actually, we'd be looking at the chemical stuff. They have to be present, but they could know it.
0: If a person can use a brain interface to write music with their thoughts, okay, you can look up a YouTube on this. Anybody can. How do you in your right mind conclude that these spirits couldn't read the electromagnetic pulses that come off of the body and frequencies and wavelengths and all kinds of stuff as as, as a book? I mean, come on, come on. Yeah. Please go.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm, well, I'm triggered. Well, there are, there are deliverance ministries that tell you satan and the demons can't read your mind
0: i know i've heard it and
1: so um i just had to say that because yep. it, it it gets under my skin but because of that i didn't realize i mean because the church also was like well the dream is either from god or from the devil or from you but but they but there was nothing about it being um the enemy bringing it because i would pray a prayer to god Like how much money should I give for the offering and in the dream that night I would have the answer. Well, that was before I knew about the programming, so what happened was when I learned about it, I had stopped looking at my dreams and stuff because I wanted to deal with the programming, because I knew that there was because I was like you were talking about just being puppeted and doing you know certain things that. um, You know, because it can get you into some trouble. Um, And so. I stopped for a while, and now I'm looking back, and um, um, one of the things that, but there are different types of dreams too, like there are DID dreams, SRE dreams, some mission dreams, um, some warning dreams, programming dreams, um, then dreams that we're talking about the S secret space program and witchcraft. So I just wanted to kind of go through what some of these look like, and um, so i have and just the um military stuff um so i have quite a few dreams Mm -hmm. um so i'm just going to kind of go through some of these i've kind of made notes and i'm just going to go through in the order that they're in the book but i've um but the first one that i wrote down when i started recording my dreams um i it was talking about part of it, there were demons attacking me, but there was also a war that were going on and it was doing with planes. And so I was talking about the explosions and different things and um, and it says the dream ended and another war battle dream where I was involved in the overthrow. Um, This is back in 2002. Um, So here I'm having dreams of being in war. And there's a theme of that. But, of course, I didn't know the theme, because I would write it down. And I was at this time thinking symbolically. Okay, it was probably a spiritual word. It's got some different things going on. Um, and then, okay, so this is 2002. Um, before I went to bed that night, I asked the Lord for a scripture verse. And this is what I, I, I got, it was Isaiah 41, 15 through 16. See, I will make you a threshing, threshing sledge, new and sharp with many teeth, and you will thresh many mountains and crush them. Reduce the hills to chaff. you will winnow them, and the wind will pick you will pick you up, and a, or pick it up, I guess. Maybe I didn't write it. Anyway, a gale will blow them away, but you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel so i had that and then i had this encounter the next day and i just want to say when i say dream what a lot of stuff that i'm finding out is that some of these aren't to be interpreted but they're very literal Mm -hmm. Um, either visions or it's a memory or it's a part or something um so this um so this dream happened the night After that I was moving the bedding where I was house sitting so that was a real thing I was really house sitting and I was actually having a dream there. Of that, but so there was a cat that jumped off the bed to the floor I uncovered this looking animal, it was um, kind of. um, reptilian looking thing it was black and red striped I didn't know what it was thinking about how to get rid of it and who to call I realized it was demonic I began to rebuke it. And it squirmed, it got bigger and turned into a man, the man was wearing black and red. I began to rebuke him. I didn't let, I didn't let him talk, but he just stood there. He was very handsome, yet powerful and foreboding. In the name of Jesus, he still doesn't move. I pled the blood of Jesus, still didn't move. At this point, I was getting really nervous and I said, I'm a child of God. I belong and serve the one who created everything, meaning him. And um. Anyway, he shrank and went away, but I knew that that man was Satan. And I had told this to the dad after it happened, and, and this was before I knew all this stuff, and I told him, he said, no, he goes, that must have been one of, he goes, Satan is not omnipresent. That must have been one of his generals or something. He said, because you're not important enough for him to show up to you. Oh, really, now that we know about the marriage to Draco and all that not important enough for him to show up to me the night that God gave me that verse about being a threshing sledge. Okay, so I mean, that was actually not really a dream it was more of an encounter, but um, that makes more sense knowing more about Draco. And wow. we'll get to some of that later. Um, I'm not going to talk about this, but I have recurring dreams about being having a wedding, but the marriage not being consummated or the, the marriage ceremony being interrupted with a war or something going on. Um, but that'll make more sense later. Um, now, this was interesting. Um, okay, so I was in some sort of a car race and it ended up being a chicken fight, and I lost three times in a row. And people were mad because they lost money on me. Um, and so, anyway, there was just more on that. But they lost money on me in a bet. When you start looking about all of the stuff being sold, you know the different kinds of things. This is probably a real thing that was going on. People were mad because. They were betting on me to do something. Um, again, it's not symbolic, but when you know about how they do things, how they sell people, or how they're doing all this sort of stuff, um, that's not an unrealistic thing to be having those pieces put together. Um, another major thing, so in in college, I went on two mission trips. Um, to the to Russia. The first year we went to Russia and then had a two-week trip to Kazakhstan. And so this was after the wall had fallen down. And so it was now no longer the USSR. And then I went back to Russia. The following year in 1995, I went back again and we were in Moscow and then up to St. Petersburg. Um, I wanted to go back, but I felt God say no. After I knew some stuff that I because of the mind control programming it would not have been a healthy place for me to go for one for two i don't i don't know who told me no now if it was god or the programming but either way i think it was protecting me because that would have been too much but now with some other things that i know with russia and trips and stuff um and also some generational stuff um but i had this is I had a trip to Russia, um, and I keep I kept having these um, recurring themes where I needed to go on a trip, and I wasn't ready, and it was last minute, and I had to go. And I have like five or six dreams that I wrote down that included Russia.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, now that I know mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff, these are actually... Trips, Not missions trips for church, but a mission where I had to go last minute and I was getting sent to Russia. I have a lot of and and even in the dreams, um, I kept going, God told me, no, but I can't help it. I'm going. I don't have any power over it. And these are dreams in 2002. This is way before I knew about the SRA, and the programming, and the military programming, and the TRIPS. Now, Dan, in one of our sessions, you had asked me, how many how many of these three letters, these agency, alphabet soup agencies, or whatever, that I had been involved in? And I saw like three lines in my mind's eye full. Mm all i said was a lot because it creeped me out yep. because i also didn't understand that i was trying to get my head wrapped around it but i also didn't know how many of them um i didn't know am i just making this up and how could that how could i be part of that much stuff um i'm not ready to go into it now but now i know where all that iniquity came from and why almost every everything whether it's the you know central intelligence agency or the whatever you know you just name them why they wanted a part of me now i know and it makes sense um but at the time i was afraid to tell you i'm like damn so like probably every one of them on that list (laughs) (laughs) Um, so so i'm having dream after dream and not only i mean with russia now, this one is interesting. I am going to read this because, um oh no, it's still the same military dream. Oh, well.
0: Hmm. Well, let okay. me let me say this. Let me say this. One of the one of the interesting things that we've run into, right? Dream injection is a, a real technology. They. I have different ways of doing it. Um, One way is to astral project. And if the person knows what they're doing, once they're in the astral over a person that they are targeting, they can essentially create a dream experience uh, for a purpose. Um, But they have other ways of doing it as well. The goal is often to get something done or achieved or accomplished relative to that person's life with the dream it's completely manipulated and manufactured has nothing to do with god or divine revelation the dream injection is a real thing and they do it and and target survivors because they're much easier to access and backdoor than a person that doesn't have that many openings in spirit Although anybody can be targeted for a dream injection at the end of the day, and I, I hear s- hints of that and some of the things that you're saying, I mean, it, 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 this does sound like right. If you're getting pulled into missions with your dreams being told and commanded to go to different random places all over the earth without a, you know, and and there's always a cover story. There's always a cover story, but it to me it's just data masking. You're presenting right. one reality, but it's fake, and underneath it there's the real data and uh mm-hmm. then then I, 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 I they do this thing where they will install in survivors of mind control internal we call them internal programmers, internal programmers, so they're people on the inside which may be an alternate personality or something else. On the inside that's responsible to maintain and even create new programs in real time and they'll use whatever resources are available to them on the inside of the individual to puppet that person's life on behalf of whoever they work for in the spirit world or government um which can lead to peculiar dreams as well and so Wow. Yeah. We yeah. we have to talk about this kind of stuff. No, yeah. no, go ahead and continue. I just want sure. to interject.
1: Yeah. So this one is, I was going on a trip to Russia and there was this military thing that was going on. And so this is all one dream. So the Russia thing, and, and I was wondering, well, God told me not to, but I'm going. And so here there's this, um, so i'm at this place there's a man in the military at the grocery store so then i'm walking to a place with him and so we get to this house and at the house i go to the restroom on two occasions and the second one a woman crawled out of the cupboard and scared me Hmm. 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 coming through a portal maybe um so i went to shake so i went back and i was shaking hands with people coming into the house there was a military man in uniform he came up to me he was flirting with me asked if i were married um, and i wrote later the flirting was a cover-up okay um, there was something else going on he showed me a fancy watch that had two faces on it like this mm. Mm. side by side and I said he continued walking to the rest of the house there's stuff going on um, now I had a note that what I didn't put in there, but I had wrote later what happened was. Um, the flirting seemed to be a cover up the watch wasn't an ordinary one, it had symbols, then I saw a flash. And it was of a white room. So I'm looking at this now, as I was reading this yesterday, I was going, what kind of time travel took place on that? OK, then it went through that the same dream then there was a seminar and a panel discussion at the denomination the nazarene denomination they got together to vote and discuss things and there was a major issue something political that was current and they got to talk about it and whatever they decided was yes it was highly publicized but the decision made was known to all but this is in the dream so i don't know how it manifests in the natural but the yes was opposite of what happened, and it was made by those who weren't voted on but were self-appointed. So there, this dream was having something about military or whatever, but the Nazarene church was, it was showing what was going on behind the scenes versus the false reality overlay. and. But I, I don't know what to make of the two together being in that dream, mm. but um, but then again, who knows with the whole NORAD connection? Um, and that's not where the headquarters of the denomination are, but there's a major thing going on there. Um, but and and I just want to kind of say with the military thing, yes. Um, and there's also uh, another dream that um, that I had. I think I, um, I was being chased in a foreign country, I think it was Russia, and I was trying to protect this little girl, but I wrote in my journal, I think I'm getting ahead of it, but but I want to put this in there, I wrote in there, I was being chased because I was a spy. Now this is back in 2002. Um, I literally wrote that there. Um, And so there's nothing about that, that is to be interpreted. Um, You know, I mean, it it was showing literally a spy. And when you're dealing with spies, and when you're dealing with um, military different things, some of the things that would be important to cover in going through the programming would be praying through. Um, um, Delta programming, which has to do with assassination programming and stuff like that um, and firing parts that are assassinations and assess parts and um, and also with spies, especially for women. Well, but seduction is a big part of getting information and and I can tell from some of these dreams that what I wasn't writing, <laughs> but what was, you know, going on because I, they didn't want me to know what all was going on, but that seduction is a big thing. And one of the things too would be black widow programming, or um, beta programming, and firing kitten parts and um, firing um, uh, black widow parts. Because one of the things for black widow that goes really good with spy programming or with a spy is seduction, and then she, the black widow female, kills the male. Some of them do, not all of them do, but some of them do. So part of the Black Widow programming for being a spy would be seducing the man, getting the information, and then murdering him. So you know these are just some things that are real as to what happens, and in these dreams, this is the stuff that that is showing up, and it's it's it, it needs to be dealt with, and it's real.
0: And um, I think what you're getting at is you know, when you get some of this stuff, to try to allegorize it and reinterpret it as a positive message somehow is not productive.
1: Right. It's not. Um, Hmm. Ah, okay. And then I've had other dreams, too, of the Nazarene denomination doing stuff. So it was just... and, And this was even before before I I understood that um I want to cover what a couple of the did dreams that looked like that I didn't realize um I had quite a few dreams where I would be in a room in a house Mm -hmm. and I couldn't easily get to another room like I had to go up a ladder to get to another room, or I had to squeeze through a tiny door, or uh, like go through the cupboard in the closet, or something like that. Like I had to, I couldn't get and I was trapped. And um, now I'm like, Oh, well, those are DID dreams, you know, like parts in the system that are locked, and they can't get somewhere. Um,
0: Look at that.
1: I had somebody tell me a dream one time, and this was at the beginning of all this. And the person was in like, and it was underwater, but it was like stables or something, so there was like compartments, and, um, and there was a person dressed in black that was leading this person through this maze. And I told the person, I said, that's a DID dream, and that part, or that person dressed in black, is actually helping you go from place to place. Then later, I found out by reading Fritz um books, he was talking about nexus parts nexus parts in the system um, for you, you you probably know this, um, but they are dressed in black and they help lead people from one place in the system to another, Mm. and um, so like if you totally were to look at that from a different perspective, that would be a complete misinterpretation. But those are just some of the did dreams. um, Because I had quite a few of those. Um, And let's see here, I also want to cover. Okay, some warning dreams. So I had a dream where I was told that there were two people in my life, that earlier in their life, they were con artists. And in the dream, I said, you know, I trust them, they're people at my church. Well, come to find out those two people were handlers and that dream was actually warning me about them. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was spiritual attack to trying to come and undermine people who actually seemed like they were loving me, but they're actually handlers. Um, another dream that was a warning dream. Um, I was The dream I had gone to some sort of it was like a sports bar or something, and they had. um, Sporting things now i'm not into sports, I just it's not my thing, but in the dream, I had this strategy and I was saying oh if if this happens, then this this and this and this and this and this, and so I was just and I was right, and the two men were, I mean they saw that I knew what I was talking about. Um, But one of the men said to me, he said, you are coaching on one team, yet you're playing on another. Mm -hmm. And that bothered me because what had happened at that time in my life, um, this was around 2010, so around 2009, I had a major illness thing going on. And I prayed, and I said to the Lord, I need the root of it, because it almost killed me, And, um, and in prayer, I prayed, and the Lord showed me a picture of a witch over a cauldron, I heard the word druids, and I saw a dragon. And so I had been going through and praying regarding the druid stuff, and I knew at that point, see, at that point, I already knew about the druids and their prophetic stuff and their all their stuff so i was already knowing that generational lineage that i needed to clean that up and when i had that you're coaching for one team and you're playing on another that was before i knew about the sra but that bothered me because i already knew the druid stuff and i was already wondering what what about me what's going on so i already knew at that point um basically anyone who's a Christian presenter, who is SRA, you're going to be a double agent. You're a double agent for God and for Satan. And with that, there can be double agents for different, you know, uh, nations and countries and stuff like that. And basically that's what that dream was telling me. You're a double agent. And (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was one dream about um, where I was in England and the police were going to arrest me because I was practicing witchcraft flying and using pixie dust. Okay, so. Uh, Peter Pan programming, witchcraft, um, you know, firing parts, you know, so these are just some things that 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 dream, it's not, take it literally, you know, and, you know, deal with the the parts and the witchcraft and, you know, you know, and that kind of stuff. But, but it's, um, and then another dream, I was in a mall, and they were selling powdered blood. Yikes. And then there were all these dead people around, you know, so that is getting into satanic rituals and that kind of stuff. Um, and, you, you know, to to have that in a dream and to be like, what, what, how, how do you even categorize that until you know. Um, like that's pretty serious um, stuff. And then there was also a dream where I was at a university where they were um, Injecting us with something and making people fall asleep. I injected somebody back and made them fall asleep before me. But then when I got up, I was walking around and I went into a room where there are a bunch of cages with people in cages. So, you know, we're talking about some pretty major, major stuff. Um, you know, I've also had some flying dreams, but this was even a little bit more recently because a lot of these dreams were like pre 2020 or whatever um or 2016 but even more recently i even had a dream where i was flying and i was looking around and i was looking for something but i didn't want them to see me so you know either remote viewing or astral projection you know because it was literally it wasn't just i was flying and doing something but it was literally i needed to look for something sure and i was looking through this building um, and spying on people and trying to uncover something. So, I mean, it's just, um, there's a lot uh, in that, and then then there's also some other Draco stuff with the dreams, but I don't know if we want to get into that or where we're at, but...
0: Well, you know, we could probably go ahead and close with that. Let's just okay. you know put it out there and uh yeah and, and here's, here's what I'll say you know the the dream realm a long time ago i I felt like one of the things that jumped out at me, at least in the English translation I was reading at the time, was that there were Instances where the Bible used the word dream and other times where the Bible used the word night vision. And what God was saying to me, you know, Daniel, there's a, there are variable things that occur while you sleep. Like there are things that are actually happening. And then there are things that are subconscious projections. You might experience them both in a sleep state. Physically, the body is asleep, but they're not the same thing and um uh, you know when 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 we were in a process where the body of christ is coming out of deep 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 ignorance and what one of the one of the things that people just will be shocked by is how many churches and even denominations um and seminaries Um, were either started by or completely governed by people that are connected to the kingdom of darkness. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them have been usurped. Others of them were started that way with an evil intent. The the enemy has been running agendas with... uh, double agents for a long time. Mind control does not start in the 1940s with Adolf Hitler. They've been doing SRA for thousands of years. And just because a person that's SRA generationally gets saved and maybe gets passionate about Jesus doesn't mean their programming is dismantled. It it doesn't. And it, it doesn't mean that a person that got radically saved out of a dark family in 1850 and started a denomination had their programming dismantled at salvation any more than someone that's getting saved now. Like there's a long history of things being done by people that were coming from very dark backgrounds and, and did not have the tools the resources and know know how to take that apart. And, and, and we have had a lot of things influenced by it, including dreams. Uh, (laughs) God's waking us up. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about this Draco. thing.
1: Okay. Now it wasn't until recently that I knew that it was Draco but um, so before how I had mentioned that I had had several dreams of, of being married and you know. Not actually finishing the wedding and stuff like that. Um, but this was in 2010 of June, so I had this dream and I was sitting at the table dining room and there were these two like crystal tablets that were on the table. And I was kind of wondering what they were, but they had something to do with my husband and I and didn't quite understand, but he died the day we were married. And something came out as an accusation and there was going to be some problem whether or not that he was going to, they thought that he was doing something. But I think he was going to expose something is what it felt like and they were trying to cover something up and. um, So then anyway, it came about in the dream of of his name first and last name. Um, But he 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 was missing, but it felt more like he died or something or was taken out on the day we were married so. um, A little bit later. um, I had. So then I started praying about um, uh, breaking out the, the demonic kings in in my life. I was doing some fasting and stuff. And as I was doing that, I came across a scripture. Um, I was reading also in in Acts where it talked about the seven sons of Sceva. And at the time I had an archeological NIV Bible. And at the bottom they were talking about the demons. And they said, so turn to page such and such to learn about demons in the Bible. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, yeah, right, like, I'm going to be what am I going to get from an NIV, right? Like on on demons in the Bible. So anyway, I turned to that page. And I was going, Oh, this is ridiculous. Because it was just and I just heard read on keep reading, keep reading. So I get to the part where it was talking about the book of Tobit, which is an apocryphal book. And Tobit wanted to marry Sarah, and Sarah had six or seven husbands, and they all were murdered on the day of their wedding before the marriage was consummated, and by Asmodeus, about a demonic entity. And so whether and, and Raphael helped him, and I'm not sure how Fish Guts helps that, but and I don't I don't know. But the whole point is then I had this thing about Asmodeus. And so I was like, okay. So I prayed through that, but I still didn't feel like I had taken care of, you know, for years. I was like, I don't, I didn't I didn't think Asmodeus was through issue. Um, yeah, he can do that kind of stuff, but it didn't seem right. Well, so a few days later, um I don't think I was gonna bring it up here, but I don't remember the date, but it was a little bit after um June, it was in July, I had, I was, I was, um, long story short, there was some other stuff prior in the, this dream, but what happened was in front of me started floating this parchment paper, about half, a half a sheet, and it was written in black in calligraphy, and it said, know you this day, know you away. And it had the word signed comma something I could not read, whether it was blurred or it was a language I didn't understand, but it was written, but I couldn't understand it signed something curses and all along the bottom. in like two or three rows were lowercase Roman numerals. Of legal reasons why this demonic entity why this would not let me go, and I knew it had to do with. Marriage, some sort of thing. Now I know that dealing with Draco, so whether or not Asmodeus had anything to do with it, that was the cover story. Because Draco wanted me to think that it was something else to get off the scent of Draco. Uh huh. Those two crystal tablets. On the dining room table, also known in the secret space program, is glass tablets. This is somebody I married in the secret space. Because any time that I go to try to deal with, I mean, I'll be a puddle of tears. Like, mm. like mm. knowing that I love somebody and I lost him. I mean, it's not just a dream. I mean. Yeah. I, I need to do more healing on this because that is a very traumatic thing. And it's, it's kind of hard. Like, how do I grieve somebody that I can't ever prove was there? But when I go back to that, I mean, it's it's a puddle. Like, I'll just come apart. And And with that secret space program stuff, like, I never wanted to marry anybody in the military. Well, all this stuff was happening. A lot of that stuff and some of those the the drugs like the scopedex, which is one of those that is scopolamine and dexa whatever but they use that together in um, in the the space travel okay. um, but a lot of that stuff started happening when I lived out in okay now I'll say it because I didn't it, it was in twenty nine palms I didn't know I in all this research on the secret space program, I'd never heard of anyone referring to the Marines being involved until Tony Rodriguez's second interview with you. He mentioned the Marines. I'd never heard of that before. So I was just like, where's, I mean, obviously I would know because of my, my history, Mm -hmm. but, um, but there's a reason that I didn't want to, to get married to anyone in the military. Um, and not only that, but I always had this feeling that I could never be married. It was like one of my rules, I can't be married. And, but see, with that happening on that on, on another timeline and being age regressed back, that was instilled in me at the age of, around the age of 11. And so I knew, don't have anything to do with military. Why? Because they didn't want me to remember. Don't have anything. and. And and with all these dreams where I would have would be er, experiences where I would want to get married. And on the day of the wedding, there is going to be a war. The church explodes, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, um, you know, over and over and over. But and then if I was dating someone, I felt like I was guilty, like I was cheating. Wow. You know, and so it was just this horrible thing. Now I know that Draco was behind all of this, trauma bonding me to him through the death of this this man, and there's so many connections of that. But he, um, but it it was something that he, it. But it took me. See, that was 2010. But it took me like 10, 12 years to realize um, that dream, and how it connected, and how it connected to Draco and um all of Draco's stuff behind not allowing me to get married and um and killing off the men repeatedly so um but that's you know because there were so many things that I was looking at is it symbolic the name because it was the name first and last name of the man but it all it it, anyway it's just really interesting how it, it makes sense now
0: Right. And for those of you that did not listen to Rivka's first podcast with me, uh, you're missing context because she discussed how she had a part whose job was literally queen of Draco. Like she was the queen of the Dracos. And she was married to Draco. And in the spirit, that was very high and lofty office and, and something that he... Uh, was, uh, I I think, very protective of as an entity. And so there was programming around preserving her for that. And this is what she's describing as showing up with these dreams. It's actually a reinforcement of this programming that connects her to realms beyond 3D Earth through secret space program and right into this whole nonsense. Wow. Well, Rivka, we have covered a lot of ground today. We are also out of time. Thank you for sharing.
1: You're welcome. Any final thank thoughts? So no, just thank you for letting me speak this out because it's been on my heart for both how to talk about how um, a d- domination, a church can do these things and also with the dreams. So it's just, I'm really um, hoping that our listeners will find more connection points, more freedom. And even just understanding for those who aren't and are trying to understand because of the world that we're living in or knowing someone that's a survivor.
0: Here's the deal, friends. Um, Jesus is not a denomination. He is a person. And this is what the Bible says. Um Love one another because by your love, one for another, they will know that you are my disciples. And when you find people that have genuine care, concern, compassion, one for another, you find Jesus in the midst of that company of people. And that, unfortunately, is not reflected in every denomination or building that calls itself a church. But I'll tell you what, Jesus is still saving lives, redeeming people, healing the broken, and delivering his children. And so with that said, thank you, Rivka, for sharing, for straightening some things out, uh, for giving us some things to chew on. And friends, uh, we'll be back next time. So until then, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Visit me at dandeval.com where you'll discover merch, books, and the opportunity to engage in our private social network. Join the tribe by subscribing to our email list and supporting this podcast.